I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead and joining me. For the first time on the Lockdown Mavs podcast from the Lockdown Pelicans podcast, what you got for me, Jake Madison? Um, we have officially renamed Lockdown Pelicans to Lockdown Zion. Oh, interesting. So we've done Lockdown like, Luca. Grizzlies have done Lockdown John Morant. I wonder who else has done like a Lockdown just a player name. It's basically for like since December. Like at one point, it was just here's his health update for the day, and people are getting that five five days a week. And frankly, everyone wanted it, so I should have been doing that. Completely. So I wanted to bring Jake on because the Mavericks are playing the Pelicans. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, they're playing tonight at 8.30 Central Time. So if you guys want to check in that, it's on ESPN. First, let's start with this. Jake, is Zion going to play? He is, actually. So really? We were waiting. On, yeah, I know. I was really excited about that. When you, when you were texting me, being like, let's let's do a crossover. I'm like, well, we might not have much to talk about, I guess. Um, but Gentry said before the game against the Timberwolves on Tuesday that, yeah, he's going to be playing on back-to-backs, which has got to be an incredibly good sign because like dudes never do this when they're coming off significant injuries. And this is his we first back-to-back of the year, right? That he's Yeah, playing. and they... And so they don't know if he'll play. There's three more remaining. They don't know if he will play in those other three. But at least in this one, it seems like he's going to be good enough to go. So he will play. There's no minutes restriction, anything like that. And he hasn't technically been on one. It's just more when he starts to look winded and tired, they pull him. And it's up to the medical staff making those decisions. So I don't know if he'll play a full allotment of minutes. And it just might kind of depend on his conditioning. But you're going to see him out on the court. I think that in and of itself is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. We, going into the season, we thought that Porzingis was going to sit out all the back-to-backs, and so we were counting them, and like, okay, this is how many games Porzingis is going to play, and then he just was playing all the back-to-backs, and now, up until recently, um, he had he had been playing, and now they're kind of sitting him out, so uh, I assume that both Luka and Porzingis are going to be available as well. You guys listening might know more than us by the time the injury report comes out, but um, so that, that, sets up, that sets the table for a Luka Doncic versus Zion Williamson matchup, which... It feels like the two fan bases have kind of avoided each other up until this point. We haven't really had any kind of rift or anything. There's definitely some with the the Hawks, with the Mavs, for sure. There's definitely some with the Kings. Uh, Grizzlies and Pelicans a little bit. feels like you guys are going back and forth. Do the Pelicans fans have any beefs with any other fan bases? So if you were to pick a team, it would be the Mavs. But this is something that goes back like 10 years now. So it hasn't been as relevant for a while, more just due to kind of New Orleans not being great and kind of the you know couple of years you guys have gone through with everything. I know that like in the David West, Chris Paul era of the mm. Hornets that, you know, hated Dallas. Part of it is, I you know, I, I think it's like you had guys like Dirk that just routinely killed the team. So I, I don't know if I want to call it a rivalry. But certainly there's some definite hatred and they really like to see the Texas teams in particular, uh, Houston as well. But I think everyone likes to see them lose. So Dallas going down, I think, would make New Orleans Pelicans fans really happy. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know if most of the the uh, the new Mavs fans would know about that. 
Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Now, I don't know if it's like still a thing. Really, yeah. we'll like kind of find out. And with when you know when teams aren't good for a couple of years, like that stuff kind of goes away if it's not like an ingrained built-in rivalry. And I guess all if, the players and like all the coaches are gone and all that. Yeah, Even like general a managers. Ton of turnover. It's it, like if we were to pick a team we hate, it would just probably be the Hawks because we hate Atlanta here. But that has more to do with the Saints and Falcons. Oh, and, but. Like, I, don't, I mean, we saw what happened to the Hawks on Monday night. It's not like you need to be upset about them or anything. <laughs> yeah, neither the Pelicans or the Mavs are getting votes in our bottom five teams poll that we did with, uh, that was with good. the Locked On, <laughs> locked so, on NBA. So, look at this. Like, it, the Southwest Division is kind of loaded with young talent. You have it's this wild. Pelicans team here with Zion. Like, Jackson Hayes in the minutes he's had has looked pretty good. Brandon Ingram's 22 years old. Like, there's a ton of really good Lonzo. young talent here. Lonzo has been really good the past couple of games. You've got John Morant in Memphis, division rival, and now Luca and Chris Depps. Yeah, like this Southwest division, like my God, man. Besides maybe the Spurs, the Rockets may be in the worst spot, which is wild to think about. Well, like looking yeah, in, in like a year or two when, when, you know, when you've kicked the can down the road and you hit like the edge of the cliff and Daryl Morey is probably going to jump out of there before that. Like, yeah, they're going to be in bad shape at some point. Eventually. And we can all hope for that day. Yeah, that sounds great to me. <laughs> Doesn't it? So Mavericks fans have a little bit of beef with with the Pelicans because the Mavs were a couple ping pong balls away <laughs> from getting Zion and having Zion and Luca. And that just would have been. The greatest thing ever. Uh, look, that that would have legitimately been very, very fun. I'm not upset that it didn't go that way. <laughs> if anyone, you know, blame Anthony Davis. If he doesn't pull those shenanigans at the little bit before the trade deadline last year, like who knows how this shakes out? You know, it's like Avengers um, Infinity, Infinity War. It's like there's like 14 million timelines and only one of them <laughs> leads to this. Like think about it. Like you had to have. It, 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 it goes back to even when Chris Paul wanted out and like the failed Chris Paul trade to the Lakers, the rescinded one. Like if that goes through, New Orleans doesn't get the number one overall pick to draft Anthony Davis. And then if AD doesn't just try and go scorched earth and act like a baby, they probably don't end up with Zion. It's wild. There was a game where we were upset because Alvin Gentry called a timeout he didn't have against the Phoenix Suns. And that caused New Orleans to lose the game in pretty embarrassing fashion. But if you win that game, do you, do you still have Zion? Like, I don't know. So Wild. good on Alvin Gentry for not keeping track of his timeouts. <laughs> uh, do you know that yesterday I made that that same analogy with the 14 million combinations? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> See, we're on the, the same maps. page. <laughs> we hosted same. Locked On NBA a bunch of times together. We've got this. We got this. Yeah, that's also one of the reasons I want to bring Jake on. I really enjoy hosting with him, and I think he's good. So if you guys want to listen to Pelicans, go listen to Locked On uh, Pelicans with him. Um, all right, coming up, let's get into this game a little bit. I want to talk about the Pelicans as a whole go through the roster and just talk about some interesting players. You have a ton of interesting players on the Pelicans. So let's get into that coming up. All right, Jake, I want to start with Zion. Obviously that's where everything seems to start and begin. <laughs> Color me shocked. <laughs> um, integrating Zion. It seems like, so the, the Pelicans had a terrible rough start to the, the, the season. And then they went on that like 13 game run where they were just incredible. And then they brought back Zion. So, Walk us through, you know, bring integrating Zion into, you know, the Pelicans and now how they've um, brought him in, even though they were succeeding without him. 
Yeah, you know, it was interesting. So they started off 6-22, and 22 and they had a 13-game losing streak in there. So for just this team to be in playoff contention in some capacity is pretty crazy to me. Um, but it started with before Zion um, came back, because I've definitely learned as of you, he's not dragging them to the playoffs. And, <laughs> sorry, I, sorry, I had to. Um, <laughs> so no, they were they were playing well before. I think they went something like 10-6 and six in the 16 games leading up to him. And it kind of coincided with them getting healthy. And Derek Favors had been in and out of the lineup. His mother passed away. He had been injured. He wasn't being very consistent. He hadn't kind of found his role and settled here. And then once he did kind of settle and found that role, that rim protection role, I think this team kind of figured out what their identity was. They kind of got a little bit healthier, too. Um, Brandon Ingram shook off a few little nagging things. Lonzo Ball probably wasn't healthy to start the season. And now that he's got his legs under him, he's probably having the best uh, uh, year of his career so far. Yeah. So they kind of just got healthy and managed to figure some things out. There was a lot of roster turnover uh, from this past off season. So it takes some time of just playing together and gelling and figure things out. And when you have a rotating door of lineups, like it just doesn't happen. So they finally got healthy. They had some guys in their rotations consistently and they were good. And you could see what they were kind of envisioning. And then you throw Zion Williamson into that. And there was a bit of an early adjustment period. But clearly the dude is a really good and special basketball player. And you can kind of integrate that kind of guy in there pretty easily. You've seen some, not collateral damage, but Brandon Ingram kind of take a little bit of a step back, I think, in his role. And he's not scoring like he was pre-All-Star game before Zion returned. But you've also seen both of them put up near 30 each on any given night. And it's not like Ingram is having like two or three point games. He's still scoring for the most part in the like low 20s. It's just not like the 25, 26 he was doing before. So I think they've kind of figured things out and it's just a little bit more of these guys need to be out on the court in gelling. And that's why you're seeing some of their best basketball so far this season. Which I think is going to lead them to the eighth spot. I think they're they're taking that eighth spot in the playoffs. I think they're going to go play the Lakers. It's going to be a fun... I'm sorry, it's going to be a fun sweep, but it is going to be uh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a fun, interesting series with tons of storylines. I mean, just so many different things. Like, uh, have you guys heard anything from Lavar Ball? Like, have the Pelicans heard anything yeah, he, from he, him all he spoke season? Yesterday, like he had been away, and now that um, his other son is not in Australia and about to play in the oh, G yeah, League, the he decided to come. Yeah, like roaring back, which is fun and kind of annoying. So no, like he he was loud during the off season and then kind of vanished. I've seen him at the arena once or twice, but nothing like really. Um, he went on a local radio station and like gave the most bland interview ever. They were so excited and got like no sound bites out of him. And so <laughs> I think sad. he made. I know their job's hard as is. And I think he kind of realized that, like, oh, I need to, like, shut shut up because I'm doing a disservice to my son. And you've seen uh, Lonzo kind of distance himself from his dad, too. You know, he's not wearing those big baller brand shoes anymore. He's openly Well, they almost spoke- ruined his career. <laughs> it's like smoking mirrors on his feet, basically, oh, uh, ch- changing them between quarters. So, like, he's clearly distanced himself from there, and I think that's helped a little bit, too, kind of taking more charge of his life. He's a father now, too, a newer father, so I think that's kind of given himself more agency than he had before, um, and I think that's been a very good thing. But, like, we haven't had to deal with him. Like, I, I was not exactly excited about this. He said, you know, those sexist things about Jeannie Buss in the offseason. It's like, oh, the Pelicans are owned by a woman. They've got Swin Cash in a pretty high-level role. This isn't good. And he's just kind of been quiet, so it's okay. He he did say the Pelicans would sweep the Lakers and that Drew Holiday wasn't very good yesterday, though. So, like, there you go. How do both of those things coincide? Like, how how do you... (laughs) 
How do you figure that those, that those things both work? 30, 30 assists, Lonzo Ball in game. He literally was like, you've never seen Drew Holiday have 15 assists. And like two days before, Drew Holiday had 15 assists. It's <laughs> like, come oh, on, man. man. That's funny. Uh, that's like uh, that's like Trump saying, you know, can we get a flu vaccine to try and fight the coronavirus? Yeah, it's I was it was just like <laughs> read the talking points or like look at a box score that like a recent one. We're not asking you to delve into history here. Oh, man. LeVar Ball. Uh, I kind of miss him around the NBA and just the random stuff he would say. Uh, one of my one of the biggest stories I ever did for, for Mavs Moneyball writing wise was uh when, when Rick Carlisle lashed out against LeVar Ball and said that he was a uh, blowhard and all this stuff and was just completely went off. It was just a surreal experience because Carlisle never really talks about people and never really says much either, but he just decided to come in and just lay waste to LeVar Ball, and it was it was great. <laughs> like, dude was just, like, fed up that day and, I'm like, done. screw this. Done this is what this I'm guy. doing. Done with this guy. Um, let's, let's talk about Lonzo a little bit because I had a question about him. Going into the season, what were your expectations for him as a player? Because he was number two pick. He was, you know, talked about all the time. Obviously, we mentioned his dad. Uh, he's a really talented player, but he's kind of a unique player. And we saw the video at the beginning of the season about how he changed his shot. His shot has looked amazing. But how have your expectations changed for Lonzo as the season's gone on? Yeah, you know, so he's, a, like like you said, he's a pretty unique player. It's like a weird one to try and dissect. So, you know, going in, I'm like, wait, you're going to put that guy in the backcourt alongside Drew Holiday. One, you should have a really good defensive backcourt then. And, like, the passing and the lobs to Zion. And, you know, when this team gets stuck in the half court, they'll be okay because they do want to run that Alvin Gentry kind of seven seconds-ish or less uh, offense and just play in transition. And then, like... Early in the year, he struggled, and I think part of that was he just didn't have his legs under him. He wasn't fully healthy. He was still kind of recovering from everything, but his shot was there, but he kind of left you wanting more all the time. I've learned he is, like, not a point guard in the half court. I think that's kind of the biggest thing. Like, his passing is amazing in transition, and the dude makes the right read, and if you give him some space in the half court, like, yeah, he can run your offense. I don't know if you want him doing that every single possession, when when the game slows down, which in theory makes me kind of nervous about the playoffs if they were to be like a contending team. But in transition, which is where he thrives and what this team is trying to do, he is fantastic and makes the right reads. He's a pretty good rebounder, so he can grab that board and just go. And it works. Now, I think he has potential to be a decent half-court point guard, but... Man, it's 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 the it's the free throw shooting. This is what it is. Like that dude yeah. doesn't drive and doesn't attack because he doesn't finish well around the rim when there's contact, and he doesn't want to get fouled and go to the line because he shot like under fifty percent or whatever it was a couple years ago uh, with the Lakers, where like he doesn't really shoot better than fifty percent from the free throw line. So he doesn't drive, he doesn't attack because of that, and then he becomes like a perimeter player where you're just passing the ball around the three point line, which like doesn't do you a whole lot of good. You need someone to penetrate and attack and if he ever were to do that and do it consistently he would be such a good player he's not there i don't know if he's ever gonna be there but you know what on this team for how much they play in transition and how easy it is to throw the ball to uh, to zion it works yeah his he was so tentative and just would not attack the rim in that last year with the lakers uh and it was a huge detriment to that team they just really needed somebody that would do that uh and step up in that way and for this Pelicans team, yeah, like he can kind of get away with with not doing that. He can be the 
you know, he can throw the, you know, the three-fourths court passes that he does so well, you know, in transition and all that kind of stuff. He just throws a couple, you know, he throws it above Zion's head somewhere, and he's going to be able to get it and pull it down. <laughs> and they've actually developed a little bit of some chemistry there, which has been kind of yeah, cool to watch over the last couple of games. They, they had it in preseason, and it was like, oh, these two are kind of going to click and going to make things work. And, like, he's fine on this team. I don't know if he'd be good on another team or at this level on another team, but... Sometimes you just need guys that kind of fit what you do, and like that's what he is. He's a, he's oddly like Ben Simmons in a way, right? Now he's shooting yeah. he's shooting from three a lot better, obviously than, than Ben Simmons is. Ben Simmons has that crutch of being big, and so he can just stand in the dunker spot and you're like, all right, well, I'll catch lobs, I'll do I'll do rebounds and stuff in the half court. But you know everything else, they pretty much do the same. The defensive backcourt with Drew Holiday and Lonzo is incredible, and I'm that's one I'm very nervous about for the Mavericks um, with Luca playing. He got kind of Luca. Really struggled yesterday against the uh, the Bulls, and going up against this backcourt is, is a little nerve wracking. Lonzo six six, Drew Holiday what six five, six four. Yeah, um, and, and Drew's pretty good at guarding basically everyone. I'll say this though, like I I, I would assume they're going to start out with Drew on Luca, though I'm not 100 percent certain on that. Um, and they've kind of mixed up his his assignments when he's spending that much effort defensively. Man, he he leaves you wanting a whole lot more offensively, and that can sometimes tank this team because he's spending so much energy to shut down guys he just doesn't have it on the other end which is is understandable when you're guarding LeBron all of one game you know yeah yeah he mentioned that actually on JJ Reddick's podcast the other day he was like I actually I love defense and then he's like man but it's tiring (laughs) it's tiring to try and do that every single game Um, all right coming up I want to talk about Brandon Ingram a little bit uh, because his future with the team is a little bit in question I guess or maybe it's not Jake will tell us coming up all right Jake uh, we talked about Brandon Ingram a little bit and how his numbers have kind of dropped with Zion coming back. You kind of expect that. He was an all-star this year for the first time. So the Pelicans did get an all-star for Anthony Davis. For all those people that were trashing the uh, <laughs> the haul that they got for Anthony Davis, they did get an all-star. Um, is it a foregone conclusion the Pelicans are going to max Brandon Ingram this summer? Yes. Like I mean, I'm, I I can keep going on this, but like yeah, they <laughs> are. It. There's there's like it's it's pretty simple. Like yes, one hundred percent they are. Whether they offer him the max right off the bat, I don't know, or if they just play the restricted free agent game and then just match if someone does it and try and like hardball and play like that negotiation game. I don't think that would be the smart thing. I would probably just go, hey, look, we're gonna give you the max. We're just gonna do this in like the middle of free agency because your cap holds less than what that max contract is going to be. And that helps us, but we will give you the max. Don't worry. Don't sign with anyone else and make this a thing. Let's not even let him get in front of anyone else. I think that kind of sends a message too. Um, and after that whole Eric Gordon situation, a number of years ago where his heart was in Phoenix and then the Pelicans match and it was a disaster. I don't think you want to go down any sort of road like that where somehow he gets wooed away and then burns the fan base and pisses them off for four years. He's going to get the max. He's a max player. He's been very good. A little bit of struggles was since Zion returned, but he's also had a 34-point game against the Lakers. Well, Zion had like high 20s in that one. I think they will be fine. And eventually, those two as a pick-and-roll partner, like that is, that's deadly. If they can figure that out with a couple shooters around them, that's, that's the future, I think, for them. Yeah, I think so. He's so he's really good as an initiator, particularly in yeah. the half court. Like you get him the ball, he can pass, man. Like playing a bit of a point forward like that kind of surprised me. You know, I, when this trade went through, like I wasn't high on him going into this year. I would have preferred like a package built around Jason Tatum for Anthony Davis, which now looks really good too. But 
I, I you know, I just didn't get excited about it. It wasn't an injury thing. I was never really worried about the blood clot or anything like that. It was just kind of his game, not shooting threes, not necessarily being the most efficient guy kind of concerned me, particularly because you were only going to have one year to be like, oh, we need to make a decision if we're going to commit, what, 35% of the cap, 30% to him. And that's really scary. And then immediately in half the year, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm totally cool maxing this dude out because he's changed his shot profile. I'm watching the game right now when we're recording. He just drained a three. He's taking more threes than he ever has before. He's making them at a high rate. He's got that like silky smooth Kevin Durant-ish mid-range game that for him is a good shot even though you don't want players doing it because he shoots like 48% from there. Dude's just been like a scorer. I'd like him to grow into being like the man. And you saw it against the Lakers the on Sunday night that he just didn't have that like killer mentality that you need to close out games. But he's also 22. He can kind of develop into that. And if he does, he's going to be a very special player. Definitely. And the Lakers used him as a point guard. They would start him yeah. as, at point guard in some of those years when they just had nothing. <laughs> and Luke Walton would just throw <laughs> him out there as the backup point guard. Or even he started a couple of games as the point guard. Um, so you're not nervous about giving him the max at all. You think that he can be no. a superstar with Zion long-term. Does Lonzo fit long-term? Like, is this all, all these young players, just the long-term? So, so I think that's the bigger question. And it just depends on what type of offense you want to run. Is it this, this, you know, real pacey system where you're getting out in transition, trying to get fast break buckets, like, and that's what you do. And that's your identity. Like, yeah, you can keep Lonzo. I don't know if I'd want to pay him a max and they're going to have to make a decision on that after next season. I can't imagine an extension would get in this off season because like, that's a lot of money to commit to a dude whose like limitations are very clear. And when it comes to Zion, you need to have shooters. And his three-point shot's been good this year, but it's one season. It's not necessarily going to continue. Like, I hope it does. He's fixed a lot about his shot. You don't see the form kind of reverting to that bad form before, and I think that's a good thing. But, you know, I'd be worried about giving a max to Lonzo Ball in the future, particularly when you have a guy that they're very high on in Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who's the 17th pick in the draft, and who's had some flashes that maybe he's the future. Yeah, he was the guy before the season everyone was high on. Like, oh, watch out for Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Oh, the oh, Pelicans. Lit it up in summer league. They man. have all these young guys, but look out for Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Uh, it seems like it's going to take a little bit longer for him to yeah, develop. Got a G League assignment for a couple of games. You know, he put up some good numbers there, including nine turnovers, which is a slight concern. <laughs> in the G League? Yeah. Oh, geez. Well, I mean, he, like, he had the ball in his hands the whole time. You know, if you take like 40 shots, well, I don't know how many. I know. They don't even play 48 minutes, right? <laughs> I actually, that's a great question. I don't think they do. Anyway, we watch lots of G League games over here on the Locked On. We are. We don't have we Locked On G League. Maybe we should have a Locked On G League. Man, that guy's job would be crazy. Just watch as many G League games as possible. Look, you got you got some coverage now with the Ball family. That's true. That's true. You got some interesting go. players Easy, there. easy money makers. <laughs> How do you feel about the uh, Pelicans? Let's say everyone's as healthy as possible. I guess JJ Reddick's going to be out, but pretty much everybody else on the Pelicans is healthy. I'll say Luca and Porzingis both play Seth Curry as well. Um, how do you feel the Pelicans match up against the Mavs in a single game? So probably not too great right now. You know, the defense is still struggling and 
kind of guys like who can take over like that, like Luka Doncic, can definitely be trouble. I'm going to be curious to see them match up with Porzingis, who's a big that really could kind of present some problems, I think, for them. You know, d- he can play out there on the perimeter. Derek Favors out on the perimeter is not not exactly where you want him. Um, Zion struggles defensively, and you can kind of hunt that matchup if you have guys you think can kind of take advantage of it. What, they're 0-2 so far this year? Is that right? Against the, against, against the Mavs? Yeah, I think so. Off the top of my head. I'm in a hotel room as I record this. I can find it. I get these uh, these PR emails from the team, <laughs> and they're somewhere, and it has all of that in there. Um, so, yeah, like, it, you know, given that, like, it's not great. I think they'll be in contention in this one. Oh, yeah, there's two losses, and, like, three days within each other for the Pelicans. So yeah, the Mavs won both Zion. Ones. So it's like, you know, yeah. you, you kind of look at this, and it's like, I, I don't know how much you want to read into that old stuff now that it's, like, kind of a new team. They're healthy again. So, look, I, I like this team against you know most in the league other than teams that have an absolute ton of length which the Mavs have a good bit of that and I think that's going to be a problem if it becomes a close game I do not trust this Pelicans team in the clutch whatsoever Mm. so I don't know keep it close and this team will fall apart if you let them maybe get out to a lead they kind of play good basketball the rest of the way Mavs are 12 and 18 in the clutch this year so we have we have the same kind of feelings and we're gonna get a uh, very drunk fourth quarter here it's gonna come to the fourth quarter they're both gonna blow it um I'm so interested to see the Zion Porzingis because I think Porzingis has been starting at the five with Dwight Powell out uh, and maybe Derek Favors gets the start on him, but I feel like eventually they'll go to Zion, you know, guarding him. And that's just physically just looking at that. That's going to be the weirdest matchup because Zion is obviously the, the, you know, Charles Barkley-est player in the NBA right now. And Porzingis is just the tallest, longest, you know, skinniest guy that we have in the NBA. And it's going to be weird because we had all these pictures of swole Zingas and bulked up Porzingis in the offseason. <laughs> and standing next to Zion, he's just going to look like he, you know. He's going to look tiny. He's going to look 15 years old again. So the one thing I'll say with that is if you watched um, in the game last Tuesday on Mardi Gras Day, so I didn't watch it till the next day, the <laughs> game against the Lakers and the Pelicans, like Zion defended Anthony Davis unbelievably yeah, well. That was the best defensive performance he did. AD was 0 for 5 against him, and at a certain point just did not want to have the ball because he realized he could not muscle Zion around whatsoever. And Zion is quick enough and reads the game well enough that he can defend those bigs without like biting on pump fakes and other moves and can kind of defend these guys without leaving his feet. And I think that gives me a little bit of hope against a guy like Porzingis. But also if Porzingis is shooting well, like it, it, can anyone block that? Uh, some can. <laughs> I feel like Porzingis okay, is Porzingis' own mind. And if Zion gets the if he gets the timing right and jumps the right way, but he he could potentially get to it. I'm interested to see and this is so minute. This is such a small detail, but Porzingis' crossover against Zion because he's been trying to Porzingis has been trying to cross over some uh, some bigs, and I'm just wondering how Zion's going to react to that, and if he just immediately so, grabs the ball and takes it away from him, or if Luke or if Porzingis actually gets some some distance with that. If if it's quick enough, he'll beat Zion. Zion is slow on moves like that, but if he ti- if Zion times it like so, him coming into the league when you watch his like uh, you know tape from Duke and everything defensively. Yeah, I'll, like the freakish jumping ability to block that Virginia player from the, you know, when he jumped yeah, from the yeah. paint to the three-point line and that's swatted that away. That's like his Jadavion Clowney move, right? Like that's yeah. the play that they'll just play over and over again. Yeah, and what, his vertical, which is like off of the charts or whatever it is, and it's like pretty wild. 
but he's got instincts that I've like never seen and like a nose for the ball. I know it sounds like a scouting report here, but like he does like just the way he can time getting into the lane or time when a guy's doing his move and be like, this is when I'm going to snatch the ball. And then he goes and does it and like effortlessly takes the ball away like a damn magician sometimes. It's kind of crazy for a dude, you know, whose hands would like cover my face and doesn't look like he should be that fast. <laughs> yes, he's just a, he's just a marvel, right? Like he just can't I can't even. I can't even. We were hanging out courtside before the game the other day, and like you know, everyone talks about if he's fat or not, whatever. And like I, I don't know. It's not you know impacting his game whatsoever. I'm watching him in like a shooting shirt going through warmups, and you know those shooting shirts are a little bit loose. You want to have a lot of like movement with your arms and extremities. It looks like a damn superhero suit on him <laughs> because he's so big. It is just skin tight, and you see like all the muscle definition in his arms through a shirt, which I don't think you're supposed to do. So like, yeah, he's. <laughs> it's just it, watching that dude in person is like something. Man, so any, if anybody's out there <laughs> and, you, and you have the ability to go to the game, please do. He's been – it's wild when, you know, the Pelicans, who no one usually cares about, are like in like selling out opponent arenas and they're all cheering for Zion to make big plays and beat their team. It's like the Lakers every single game. You'll, yeah, we dealt with that <laughs> recently. <laughs> every single – I mean every single year it's like that. But, uh, man, that's going to be a, a fascinating game. And uh, Jake, we appreciate you joining us on Lockdown Mavericks. Tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Nola Jake and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. There you go, guys. We will be back breaking down the Pelicans game. I uh, got something interesting working for this game, so uh, stick around Twitter before the game, and hopefully you'll be able to check it out, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.